0: Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma crew. I hope you are ready for an awesome 2023. I cannot wait for all these interviews that I have been saving for you I didn't want to bring them to you during December. I know we're all busy and I don't want you to miss these interviews. Today, I have a special adopted mom coming on the show to tell her story today. Her name is Angie Grant. Angie is the self proclaimed mom of two very different children in regard to their biology, their needs, their attachment, and their experiences. She's worked in the special education field for more than two decades, intimately hearing, seeing, and feeling parents struggle to connect with their children who have developmental delays. She is also a certified mindset coach, and she has seen firsthand how with the right tools and support, real connections are possible. Her mission is to guide as many parents as possible toward building strong, connected relationships with their children. And she's built a coaching program to provide a whole new level of support for growth that parents raising exceptional, emotionally intense children need. As an adoptive mom and former foster mom, speech pathologist, early interventionalist, coach, and autism specialist, she has a wide range of insight to pull from. And she's been through the trenches both personally and professionally of disability, trauma, behaviors, and loss of hope. She guides parents back to hope, growth, and building a stronger relationship than they ever thought possible with their children. Let's dive right into Angie's story. All right. Welcome to the show, Angie. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, Um, You are a personal coach, a trainer, and connection mentor, but you're also an adoptive mom and a former foster parent. So tell us about the circumstances that led you to your decision to adopt and foster.
1: Oh, um, man, that's a great question. Nobody's asked me that for a while. (laughs) So um, the decision that led me to fostering and adopting, so um, uh, my biological daughter, she is 21 now. And um, all went well with that. I um, I physically could have had more biological children, but I just, um, after having her, I just felt really compelled to help other children and to, I don't know, just, I, I knew that there were so many children out there that didn't have, you know, didn't have families that could raise them. And I just, I don't know, I don't even know what it was. I just felt so compelled to help other children. And so convinced my husband at the time that being foster parents was a good idea for us. I'm not sure how much in agreement he was, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so, yeah, so we became foster parents and had had a couple of placements and then, um, I don't know, I can tell you more about my adoption story as well, if you'd like to hear that too. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to share. Yeah. So, um, so we were, um, we were foster parents for a couple of adolescents. I think when we had first talked about fostering, we had both said we wanted children that were younger than our daughter, and she was about 10 at the time. So um, our first placement was two boys who were both older than our daughter. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but we live in a really small, um county and so there just weren't a ton of opportunities and we had been licensed for a while and hadn't had any placements and so when we got the call about the boys we were like well sure you know let's give it a try and so it was um uh i don't know how to say this nicely because i know this is going out into the world but i had a lot of training and experience and um the the mindset that i just wanted to help children and that I could see their behaviors as being a reflection of, you know, what they had experienced. My husband at the time didn't see things that way and had a really hard time with behaviors, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And so fostering was, was really hard actually, um, because we weren't on the same page at all, um, which was really hard. So while we had the, uh, the boys in our home, that we were fostering. One of my friends happened to work at an adoption clinic. She was working in reception there. And a parent had come in who um, she had, this biological parent had worked with the agency in the past with some of her other children. Um, But this is her oldest son. She, um, She had planned on adopting him and had picked a family and everything and then changed her mind at the last minute. And so had parented him for about five years or just over five years and um, realized her own mental health was making that extremely hard. And so went back to the same agency that she was comfortable with. But they don't do that. They don't um, find adoptive families for five-year-olds. They just do up through age two. Mm. And so they didn't have any resources from their list of parents. And my my friend who was working in reception said, well, oh, my my friend is a foster parent, maybe she would be interested. So she called me and we ended up setting up a meetup and uh, man, we just fell in love with him the moment we met him. (laughs) So adoption actually wasn't in our plan at all. My plan was to foster, you know, as many kids as my um, husband was willing to let me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So adoption really wasn't in the plan. But once, once we met him, I just, you know, fell in love with him and knew that he belonged in our family.
0: So when you back up a little bit. And you said that you are licensed. So what does that mean? Like in the foster care system, you have to be licensed before children are placed. And what does
1: that entail? Um, Yeah, so I live in Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, at least the system that I know of, if you're working with your county, the foster care system requires that you're licensed. So you have to go through a home study process and they, you know, background checks and all kinds of investigation about, you know, um, whether or not you're a good fit to be a foster parent. And so, and then you're licensed, I think it's for two years, and you can renew your license as often as you want. And it also came with some pretty extensive training about how to, um, you know, how to manage behaviors and how to help um, children in the foster care system, you know, um, connect with their biological parents and everything that really comes with raising foster kids or everything everything I thought that came yeah. with Western adoptive kiddos.
0: So when you adopted your son, is he still, does he still see his biological mom or no, no. no. Was that part of the adoption or was that just like her decision to not pursue?
1: Yeah, it was her decision. Um, and so it was her decision. She, she wanted us to stay connected with her parents, But And she helped with the transition of our son joining our family. But after a couple of months, she said it was just impacting her mental health so much and she just couldn't do it anymore. And so, um, you know, I've stayed in touch with her throughout the years. You know, it's maybe a phone call every couple of years. Um, Sometimes she'll call just, you know, kind of out of the blue and say that, you know, she had a dream about him or she was thinking about him and whatever it might be. So. So how was he at that age transitioning? Um, well, uh, <laughs> he transitioned easier than, you know, a child should have, which at the time it seemed pleasant and nice. And as the years passed, it became really glaringly apparent how really impacted his attachment was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, the day that we met him at, at his Um, with his biological mom, the day that my husband and I met him, he ran right over to us and gave us big hugs and said how excited he was to come live with us. And, you know, he didn't know us from the mailman or, you know, whoever it might be. And, you know, me just not knowing enough about attachment at that time was like, wow, this boy is just so incredibly sweet, you know? So down the road, how old was he when you started to see some issues? Um I mean really within a couple of months. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. And so was he acting out or oh, what were you seeing? Yeah, I mean, um some of the primary things that we saw were food related. Um lots of, you know, hiding and sneaking food and um, you know, he didn't have um, what his therapist would call uh an off switch and so he could just eat and eat and eat and he couldn't feel full, which wow. caused all kinds of um it was quite a learning curve in our home <laughs> just yeah. just understanding you know what that looked like and how to support him and and how you know the um how other p- extended family members and friends didn't quite understand and in our home it became like more controlling which isn't at all how i wanted to parent and now looking back i i wish i had different tools yeah. which is really what led me to be a mindset coach
0: <laughs> you right. know wishing that
1: i had known then what I know now but yeah so
0: the training that you got is did they work well they probably didn't have any training when you adopted him or did they it was mostly in the foster parent system yeah
1: yeah yeah there wasn't any training that came with adoption you know that was given to us I of course sought out tons of outside training to just understand attachment and understand how trauma was impacting him and you know, and understand why, um, you know, he was so angry at me all of the time. And, mm. you know, I was there loving him and doing all the things the therapist told me to do. But, you know, just trying to understand that attachment piece and how I was really an extension of his biological mom. And he couldn't be mad at her, you know. <laughs> yeah
0: you're the safe one. So the therapist, were they, did they specialize in adoption or?
1: Um, Well, specialized in trauma, you know, that um, the journey of finding a therapist who who even understands and is comfortable working with attachment and trauma was, that's quite a journey in and of itself, because so many therapists would say like, oh, yeah, I've worked with kids with trauma, or I've worked with kids with attachment, but then you you spend a couple of weeks with them or a couple of months, and you realize quickly, like, that was, they, they don't know how to help.
0: (laughs) Right. So in your experience, is there anything that you see missing in the adoption or foster care systems that they should be doing that would have helped you better prepare for being
1: an adoptive mom? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, um, early on um, during that foster care training, a lot of the training was, you know, about, it was, it was kind of a kind of that like cognitive, like understand what trauma is, understand what attachment is, you know, teaching you to understand it. But then, you know, when push comes to shove, like what do you actually, you know, what do you do in your home when your child's in full-blown meltdown? Or when, you know, your child's hoarding food or when your child is, um, you know, kind of two different kids, right? You know, that's, I know, such a common theme with with adoptive kiddos or even kiddos who have experienced traumas that, like, you know, one person will see like this, I don't understand what the issue is. Your child is lovely. <laughs> and then, you know, the parents <laughs> are like, you have no idea. <laughs> right. Um, so so the train the foster care training was so thorough and so um, you know, all about the intellectual pieces of it, but didn't didn't do anything to help us as parents learn how to um, create the right mindset to continue to show up every day for him. Even when things got hard, you know, they would say like, you know, he, you know, it's really common for kids who have experienced what your son has experienced to, it's really common for them to be angry at you, to tell you, they hate you to tell you that you're not their mom to, you know, to have, you know, have food related. It's really common, right? They would tell you that. And then they would say, just let them know you still love them. Okay. But I can keep saying how much I love him, but if, if my mindset keeps wearing down and wearing down and wearing down, it's, I can keep saying all the words I want, but intuitively I now know that he had to feel yeah. how yeah. much more of a disconnect there was between us because it's so hard to keep your mindset in the game when you don't know how. Right. <laughs> so I really feel like what's been missing, or at least for me, what, what was missing and, you know, other parents that I've spoken to is, having a, a mindset coach in particular to help keep your head in the game because it's not easy to to parent an adoptive kiddo oftentimes and your friends don't understand. your family members don't understand and oftentimes the therapists are working just on your child and trying to fix, yeah, you know your child's you know help them work through their past, but that's not what the parents need, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, how
0: did your daughter, how did she deal with that, with all the changes and what was going on with him?
1: I think it's, you know, um, it's interesting. I mean, I think, I think for a while there and by for a while, I think for a couple of years, she probably was pretty resentful, right? Like he got all of the attention and, you know, man, like vacations or trips or even going out to dinner oftentimes was canceled because, Because of his behaviors. And, you know, I'm sure that part of her was pretty resentful for a really long time. And, um, which then I think forced her, you know, because, um, my ex and I got divorced a couple of years after we adopted our son. And that, you know, created a disconnect between her and I and between my son and I and all of the above. So I think um, she had a hard time connecting with our son and just understanding how, you know, how to be his sister. So, yeah, I don't, you know, I can't really know for sure what she thinks or feels. I just know what I've seen on the outside is it's it's been hard for her. Yeah. And
0: then the stress of having that. And then the divorce on top of that had to be, you know, a lot. Um, So you said that you have two very different children, it sounds like. And why do you think
1: the needs of adopted children are unique? I think, I mean, I think it's multi-layered. I think, um, you know, when a child, uh, when a child's Connection, their physical connection, their emotional connection has been severed from the parent who raised them in their womb. You know, whenever that adoption haps, happens, whether it's, you know, right at the hospital, right after birth, or, you know, six weeks later, or, you know, five years later, there will always be that connection between the child and their biological mom. And, and, um, So being the, the adoptive mom and trying so hard (laughs) to connect and love and be there for your child, it, it's just, it's different. And even just, you know, um, the fear of like, what if this ends, right? Like I think about with my biological daughter, I've, it's never caught crossed my mind once that like somebody might show up and say like, wait, 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 we want to, you know, undo this parenting, right? But as an adoptive mom, it that's a real fear. Yeah, (laughs) we, um we had some court related issues during the termination of parental rights that drug that on for almost a year. And, you know, it, um as much as like, you know, you have to show up for them, you know, you have to love them, you know, you know, you're their parent, there's still just a little bit of you as an adoptive parent that, like has a little bit of a guard up if you don't have somebody helping you know how to, you know, again, create a mindset to not have that. It, it just is, it's the reality.
0: Yeah. When did you realize that? Cause you know, this narrative isn't out there about thinking about the um, severed ties between the child and the biological mom. So when did you realize that? Like, did you, hear that in therapy or did you just come up on that yourself? Or how did you realize that that bond is still there and that
1: there is trauma from that, breaking that bond? Um, I had first, you know, um, after, so I'd first heard that or learned about that. It was probably a couple of years after I had adopted my son and working with his therapist and he had um, my son's therapist had recommended a couple of books and some trainings. And I, I won't remember them offhand right now, but I remember how eye opening it was to hear that the attachment really does begin in the womb, and that oftentimes there are children who have been adopted right at birth, who um, maybe had never even heard their adoption story, maybe always thought that their parents were their biological parents, but always felt a um, a faulty attachment and couldn't explain why until you know sometimes later on in life they they find out that they were adopted. And um, I I had even um, there were even some it was in a book that I had read, too, that talked about even um, when the mom who's carrying the baby, when she experiences trauma herself while she's pregnant or if she considers um, either giving up the child for adoption or having an abortion, that even those um, hormones that are transmitted to the baby can have an impact on their development and their feeling of connectedness. And so, you know, I knew that it was harder to connect with my son than it was with my daughter. Um, I knew I, you know, right. Like I, but I, I thought that it was because I didn't have him when he was an infant, Mm -hmm. right? Like I met this five-year-old who has all kinds of things to say about the world. (laughs) And so I, I thought at first that maybe it was because of that, that, you know, I didn't have him, you know, right at birth. Um, But then as I was, as I've listened to other parents' stories, as they've described, like, but no, I, you know, I adopted my child right, you know, right from the hospital or, you know, right shortly after birth or within a couple of weeks. And, you know, and they're like, we, we see the same things. And so it just made so much more sense to me.
0: Did you see him? I know at first you said he ran up and hugged you guys and, you know, was all happy to come to your family. Did you notice any, um, like later on that he didn't want the physical attention?
1: Um, I would say that, well, part of that was, um, and I part of, so it fluctuated and changed. I think that personal boundaries were an area where he really had difficulties in general and, um, you know, maybe he still does, but, um, there were parts of being married that led me to not being married (laughs) that I think were wrapped up in kind of his, my son's understanding of what, like what physical touch should be like, or could be like. Mm. And so that's a hard one for me to answer because I, um, I still remember I'll, I'll never forget this. And, um, So I'm not sure I want to share this on your podcast, but I'm going to anyways, (laughs) Um, but I'll still remember. I still just so vividly remember this, this time when I was still married and our son had been in our family for, I don't know, six months or a year or something like that. And my daughter who was 10 at the time had or around 10, she had hopped onto my lap and was kind of being snuggly and tickly and, you know, it was all fun and games. And so then my son was right there and saw that interaction. And so my daughter got up and my son then did the same thing. He hopped in my lap and was trying to like awkwardly figure out, right? Like, cause I was like a new mom to him. And uh, my husband told him he wasn't allowed to do that and mm-hmm. told him that's mom's space. You need to ask her. And yeah, that didn't go. I did not respond very well to that, Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and so I, I think that there were multi layers to my son kind of understanding where those boundaries are and Yeah, it was, yeah, so many pieces to that puzzle that it's hard for me to really understand or even describe what, what my son experienced as well.
0: So how did it make you feel as an adoptive mom that they have what we all call the primal wound and that there really wasn't anything that you could do to heal that totally? Does that make you feel kind of helpless? hopeless like how does that make you feel as an adoptive mom that you could do all these things but you are not never going to be that birth mother you're not going to have that tie yeah
1: I think that that you know goes back to the earlier question you had asked about um gosh I don't remember your question but right as an adoptive mom there's just so the the connections are different and they're harder. And that, um, I don't know if it's guilt, isn't quite the right word, but yeah, that helplessness where I just, I knew that there were so many, um, there were so many reasons that my son was hurting so much and there really was nothing that I could do about it. However, I was trying to do every single thing that I possibly could. And, you know, which made him resent me even more, but, you know, like I, I tried to get him involved in every therapy and, you know, sought out the best therapist I could find and, um, you know, uh, treatment programs and all of the above, which ended up, I think making him resent me more. But I think that was my attempt to not feel so helpless to try to do everything I possibly could. Do you think that, because I hear a lot, that
0: I was the compliant adoptive kid. So I didn't really act out, but I wonder if he was doing that because he was waiting for the inevitable. Like my birth mother Mm -hmm. gave me up, you're going to give me up too. So I might as well try and push all your buttons
1: (laughs) and see if you're still going to stick around, you know, is that kind of what you felt he was doing? Oh, 100 percent. And even, you know, um, his therapist had that was um, one of the areas that his therapist, I feel like, had really given me something really tangible that I could do. But again, goes back to the mindset. But, you know, his therapist described that it was likely he um, he hit this jumping on the ice analogy. And so he would talk about um, the therapist would talk about how, you know, the. So imagine that the ice is, you know, the lake or the pond is frozen over. And there are people who will go, who have experienced trauma, who will go very tentatively on the ice and kind of tiptoe and not really be comfortable going back onto the ice. There are those who will completely avoid going anywhere near the ice altogether. And then there are those who will go on that ice and jump as hard as they can, as quick as they can to make it happen, to fall through the ice again. And my son was definitely an ice jumper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Definitely. So and, um, you know, and so as he was describing that to me, he said, You know, your son really just needs to know that you love him and that you're not going to leave him, that you're not going to abandon him. And so I would say those things to my son as he's so angry at me and telling me, why don't you just take me back to the adoption agency? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? And I would just repeat, like, I love you. I love you so much. I will never, never give you up. I love you. You are family. And so I was saying those things, but I now know as I look back that in my heart, I was believing myself less and less as things got harder. Mm. And that, you know, like I said, goes back to like, oh man, did I need a coach? <laughs> right. Because it just it, yeah, it's hard, right? I was doing all of the the right things or what the therapist was telling me to do, but I did not know how to keep my head in the game. And you know, after years and years and years, it just it got really hard.
0: I heard something recently um, where they were somebody was saying that it takes, so he was five years old, that it would take 10 years for them to even start feeling, you know, they need that, like what you were doing the whole time to even start feeling like, oh, I think maybe she's going to stick around.
1: Like it takes
0: twice their age or twice however long they were in the system um, to even start feeling a little bit safe.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I, I am very aware that. So I've heard that as well, that twice their age. And then I had to go and throw a divorce in the middle of that, which probably made that double go to triple if not more. Right. Because um, we brought him into our family and promised him this family that was going to yeah. stay together and love him. And then, oops, <laughs> just kidding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, I know, like, I, I knew that I made that decision because I felt like it was what was best for my kids. Um, but there's no way my kids could have seen it that way in the moment. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. they were it's too usually young. Usually the numbers. case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but
0: d- what decisions can parents make now that could make a huge impact on their kids? What do you think was missing that made the difference in your
1: case? I, you know, I really genuinely feel like getting a coach before things even get hard, even before you decide to adopt, to, to learn how to center yourself to learn how to love yourself first because if you are still like dealing as a parent if you're still dealing with your own past trauma or your own relationship issues or you know just um just beating yourself up about even the little things it is next to impossible to then show up for your kids and and adoptive kids need need their parents to show up in a far bigger way than a biological kiddo does. And so, I mean, if I could do it all over again, I for sure would do it, but I would get a coach.
0: Yeah. Those are some things that I've been talking about because I also feel like even after, um, when we're like an adoptee is looking for a reunion, there's a big need for a coach for that too, because of expectations and all kinds of things that come up. There's usually so much drama surrounding it. Like you have the little honeymoon period and then, and I'm like, there really needs to be some coaches that coach you through that, or at least kind of give you some scenarios, some coping mechanisms, all those things that can help you get through that. Um, So yeah, I totally agree that even on your side. And the other thing is like with a lot of adoptive parents, sometimes they have other issues and that's why they are adopting. So maybe infertility issues. And so that's another huge thing where you kind of have to stop and grieve that you can't have your own biological child and come to terms with that. You know, this adoptive child isn't necessarily going to fill that hole totally, you know, that you, that's not still not your biological child. So you know there's there's just so many facets to it and a lot of people just jump right in and you know think that that's going to be a bandage for you know them not them having a family do you coach people like that as well I mean do you cover that
1: I have not yet but I'm definitely open to you know i i am so passionate about just helping this adoptive relationship um because I do I mean I, I hear this in your voice too but I think it does really take somebody who's experienced, you know, at least one angle of it to really, truly understand. And so, you know, I, I'm so passionate about just um, helping, you know, adoptive parents, biological parents, ad- adoptees to really work on their mindset, because those relationships are the most important relationships in their lives. And also just, really tricky because yeah like you said everybody has their own kind of expectations about how the other should be behaving um but it's not that easy yeah there's all you know there's all the narratives
0: out there of you know biological moms giving their children up and the whole narrative of you know you did the right thing you're doing the right thing for your child so now that's over now just go on with your life. Like, you know, like nothing ever happened, you know, and, but you were, you're their hero. Cause you gave them up and gave them a better life. Same thing with adoptees. Oh, you've got a great family. Like you're so lucky, you know? And it's like, yeah, but I yeah. still have this wound here that nobody is willing to acknowledge. It's, it's yeah. a uncomfortable yeah. conversation. People don't want to have it. And it's tough to find a coach or a therapist that want to tackle that. Like you were saying earlier, just even the Trump, the trauma therapy, it's, just, it's hard to find somebody that understands that to the, to the level it needs to be heard. Cause yeah. I think that's yeah. big deal do for adoptees is we feel like we're not heard. And until we feel that we're not going to feel anything else, you know, we're not going to, yeah. you're saying the words, but I'm not feeling yeah. it. So it's super important um, to have, that's why I'm trying to educate because that this narrative needs to get out there, that there are problems, but at the same time, there's things we can do to help. So yeah. what is your framework for helping parents build stronger connections and creating
1: permanent change in their families? Yeah. So um, when, so my framework is really around, it starts with mindset, right? Without, um, Without us working on our mindset and really, really learning really deeply how much control we have over our mindset and that we're not victim to whatever our circumstances are, you know, like you said, whether you were placed in a, um, a situation, a family, whatever it might be, or you chose to, you know, bring, bring a little human into your life. You know, we're not victim to any of that, but most of us feel like we are and almost I mean, I would say probably all of us feel victim to our circumstances at least once a day, but most of us feel victim most of the day, you know? And so, so really learning and understanding that and implementing that is the first part of my framework is really um, working on that mindset piece and, and, um, not only learning about it, but then implementing the tools of working on your mindset. And then the second piece of my framework is working on your connections. Um, so learning some tools to really build strong connections with your kiddos is part of it. But the other part is actually connecting with your own intuition. Because um, what I experienced and what I found, you know, whether it's about your biological kiddos or adoptive kiddos, like we want to just like all of you tell me what to do. <laughs> tell me right. what I'm supposed to think, what I'm supposed to feel, what I'm supposed to say, just tell me all of the things. And so I want to fix it. <laughs> yes. And so we spend as in today's society, even even more so than, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, when I adopted my son, even more so now, man, social media has just exploded this need to look outside of ourselves for the answers. And so mm-hmm. the, my other part of, my framework in connection is really connecting with your intuition and really learning how to listen to it, to trust it, because, um, because you're as a mom, as you know, even for our kiddos, if we are so trained to always be looking outside of ourselves for the answers, then our life is, you know, kind of superficial and not really, you know, we can't really take control of those relationships that we're trying to build um, so working on mindset, working on connecting with our kiddos and ourselves. And then the last part of my framework is about coaching. And so of course, part of it is like finding a coach because you really can't see the end of your own nose. That's what my coach always says, but you know, it takes somebody outside of us to, To help us see our own mind, to see how we're behaving, to see, you know, to help us see what we're really thinking and how that's impacting, you know, what's happening in our relationships. But then also, you know, I work with parents to teach them some self-coaching tools, which I think are just so key as well, so that they really can you know, in those challenging moments in the middle of a meltdown, you know, you really need some self-coaching tools to work on your mindset and and get yourself in the right frame of mind so that you can really show up the way that you want to and not the way that you're kind of reactively showing up. So, yeah, so that's it. Mindset, connection, and coaching. So you said to trust your
0: intuition. Did you feel like you had, because I know, you know, you have this connection when it's your biological child. Did you have that intuitive with the link with the, with your adoptive son too? Did you feel like your intuition was there with him?
1: I, um, so yes. However, I think, like I said, I think that we are all kind of trained to like, not even listen to our intuition. And so when I look back, I think that there were, you know, little blips of these little hits that were telling me to do things a certain way, but then, I noticed in raising my son that, oh, my gosh, everybody has got an opinion about, you know, maybe you're giving him too many rules. Maybe you're being too lenient on him. Maybe you're doing this. Maybe you're doing that. And so there was so much of this, like, bombarding me so much more than with my biological daughter because, you know, because people didn't understand. (laughs) And so just all of these Oh, my gosh, like all so much outside feedback in raising my son that I didn't want. I didn't invite, but people felt compelled to tell me how to parent anyways. Right. But when all of that's coming in, it's really hard to listen to your intuition. But, you know, like um one example I can say is that, you know, I would have I had people close to me who would ask, you know, shouldn't he be over his trauma by now? Or are you sure that you want to keep him Or, you know, things like that, that it just, it turns my stomach just thinking about people asking me that because he's my son, you know? Um, But my gut was like, oh, oh no, (laughs) don't listen to them. They have no idea what they're talking about. They don't understand. So, so I definitely had that intuition about what my son needed, but I think I was just, you know, I think we're all so trained to just look outside of ourselves for all of the answers.
0: Yeah. So why do you recommend, I'm sure you, you recommend therapy as well, but why do you think mindset coaching is, um, as uh, opposed to other kinds of therapy? Why do you think that works?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, the way that I look at, um, therapy versus coaching well, two things, one, the therapy in particular, oftentimes focuses on the child, right? They have trauma to work through where, um, I mean, I did try some therapy for myself, because I, that's what everybody says you're supposed to do. And that was not for me. <laughs> because, because I now know, now that I've been, you know, involved in coaching, and I've been, you know, in the coaching world for a while now, I now know that therapy really focuses on helping you to heal the past so that you can kind of be in the present. Where coaching works on where are you today? And what future do you want to create? And so that's what I needed. I didn't have um, past that I wanted to heal or work on. You know, I was trying to be there and trying to be present for my son, and I needed somebody to guide me to create the future relationship that I wanted to have with him, but therapy doesn't um, focus on it in that same kind of way. And so I just feel so strongly that, you know, If your child has trauma that they need to work through, then a therapist might be the right route for them, but um, that's not necessarily going to help your child create the right mindset as well. And so, you know, um, in working with a coach and in particular, a mindset coach who can help you create the mindset of a connected parent, the mindset that, you know, to, to show up as the person that you want to be, when you are working on your own mindset, there's such a ripple effect on your family, including your kids. And so I just, I think it's so powerful and so impactful, not only on the parents who are just trying to like do the best and show up, you know, it really helps you do that. But then it also has such an amazing ripple effect on, you know, on your spouse, on your friends, and of course, on your kids. So where did you start? What were the steps that you took to see a positive outcome what did
0: you do? How did you figure and navigate that?
1: So, um, I, my relationship with my son is still not in a great place. Um, part of that is age and part of it is, um, that whole, um, ex spouse situation. Um, I am hopeful that in the future when, you know, when my son is ready, that we can start working on a relationship. But honestly, like, I feel like, Um, I now have been in a position where I can, one, really work on my own mindset and really work on me showing up as the parent that I want to be. And then also, you know, as I'm practicing and working with other parents who are going through the same thing, that's just really helping me to learn so much, too, about how to really show up for him you know, when that time comes. So, um, so yeah, I mean, really, honestly, it, our relationship isn't in a good spot right now, but I'm hopeful that someday it will be. Is he an adult yet or is he still? Uh, not quite yet. Not quite. <laughs> That's not the quite. age. <laughs> yeah.
0: <Yep. laughs> so what kind of help do you offer for parents that are struggling with their kids and um, tell the listening audience where we can find you, what you offer and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, first and foremost, I am a mindset coach. So I work one on one with parents to, um, I, not only do I go through a, um, a, uh, a series of lessons that help you really create the, the mindset that you want. And it's very, um, it's an amazing training series of lessons. We work through that together, but then I also do that coaching piece. So as things are coming up, And you're feeling stuck or overwhelmed or stressed or even hopeless. Then, you know, I work one on one with parents to, to work through that. So then they can just jump right back into the game like they want to. So, um, so I do, um, I do that coaching. And then I also have this great group on Facebook. It's called Connected Parents with Angie. So I do weekly trainings in there um, on a variety of topics. So. Sometimes the topics are about mindset or showing up as the parent that you want to be. Um, some of the topics are about um, behaviors or I am a speech therapist. So sometimes we talk about feeding or early language development. So, you know, really each week I just, um, you know, something just kind of comes to me that this is something that I think my parents need to hear. So, yeah, so we do some great trainings in there. So you can find me at Connected Parents with Angie as a Facebook group. Also, Connected Parents with Angie on Instagram. And that's the easiest way. I think in the show notes, um, Melissa, I think you had said that you could put my, um, my link to book a free session yes. where we go through this really powerful exercise that helps you see kind of where you're at and how to create some goals and where to get started. Because, you know, it is with those goals that then you can really start, you know, chipping away at becoming a connected parent. So yeah, so those three ways. So um, with my link to set up a free session, connect to parents with Angie on both Facebook groups and Instagram.
0: And I'll be sure to put the links in the show notes for anybody that wants to get a hold of you. And if there's just one, the biggest tip that you could give a parent that's having problems with their child,
1: what would that be? Find a coach. (laughs) (laughs) Call me. (laughs) Honestly, I mean... You know, like I could tell you to read a book or I could tell you to go to a training, but that will only help for a short while. And working on your mindset is it's a permanent change, right? Like I i will never be the parent that I was before because I see things so differently now and I can't I can't know what I know now. And so honestly, find a coach and find a coach who who genuinely cares about adoption related issues and who really understands. So that's huge. I mean, if it's me, that's lovely, but you know, really like find a coach who cares and who who can really help you work on your mindset. Yeah.
0: It's so needed. It's so needed. There's so many, since I've just been in the last six months, really delving into the whole adoptee community and talking to adoptive everyone in the constellation, there's just a need for so many things. It's just so overwhelming because you just want to help here and help here. And, you know, it's, um, I'm glad it's finally coming out though, because I know there's so many people that have been hurting for years on all these, yeah. all the trauma that surrounds adoption. And, you know, like I said, the narrative is, this isn't what the narrative that anyone hears is, you know, oh, adoption's so great. And it is, it is great. Um, but there's a lot to navigate through that definitely. And I yeah. think a lot of people walk into it, not having a clue. Yeah, I would. It's like, oh, I'm just going to love them and it's going to be good. You know? I know, it's like, no, there's a lot of stuff you have to understand I know. behind the scenes before you were even at, at, before you even came into the
1: picture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's what the billboards, they're all like, just adopt. It's lovely. And I'm like, but wait, there's more. I know. And you hate yeah. saying
0: that, right? Like, you don't want to sound like it's such a negative thing, but there's just so much more to it. And I think a lot of people don't know what they're getting into possibly, and they don't understand why. And cause they're not told, they're not told, you know, yeah. that even as a baby, these babies carry that trauma in their bodies, yeah. you yeah. know, why is my baby pushing me away? Why is my baby like really stiff when I try to hug them? Mm-hmm. You know, um, why does, why do they scream when I try to hold them? You know, there's, and then you get that narrative where, what am I doing wrong? And, yeah. you know, it's just a whole, it's a, It's huge, but if you don't know, you don't know. So, I'll put all your links in the show notes. I'm sure um, there's going to be some people that are going to want to give you a call. So, thank you so much for everything you do, and um, thank you what you are doing for the adoptee community.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just so grateful that you're doing what you're doing here, and just you know, speaking the truth and bringing people together to really help each other. It's just so beautiful. So, thank you, Melissa.
0: Uh, Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, of course. What an incredible story Angie has told us today. I can't imagine going through all of that and not really knowing what you're getting into. We talk about this a lot about adoptive parents having problems with their adopted child and trying to navigate that without any Counseling or any guidance at all. And to be able to go through everything she's been through and still struggling to make it work with her adopted son. And to bring that to this podcast so open and honest is just amazing. And I have to thank her again for coming on the show and doing that. So courageous and brave. And who better? to be a coach than someone who has been through it. Someone who wishes that they could go back and do something different and to have the courage to come forward and be so honest about it and to want to help the next parent coming along with everything that she wishes she would have done and all the things that she wishes someone would have told her. And yes, mindset is huge and you just don't really hear that in the Constellation community. You don't hear about mindset and it's huge on all sides of the Constellation. Mindset is all about authenticity and figuring out what is the outcome that you want to have and how do you want to get there? And sometimes you do need that sounding board, someone that's been through it, someone that can tell you what worked for them and to help you decide what would work for you. And Angie's right. When you are in the moment struggling and like she said, all they kept telling her was just keep telling him that you love him and you know what? That's just not enough to help a parent out in that situation when you are desperate and you're losing hope and you don't know what else to do. You need some tangible things. You need to be able to try things and do something to see some changes and just to have a coach in your corner kind of as a cheerleader, just helping you along the way. on that journey has got to be huge. And having a peer that's been through it is invaluable, really. So if you're an adoptive parent and you are struggling with your adopted child, if you are a parent that isn't struggling with their adopted child yet, but maybe wants to figure out some of that mindset before things happen so that you have a plan in place, I have added Angie's info in the show notes. So if you want to contact her, she does a free first discovery call with you to see if it's going to be a good fit so what have you got to lose you know go ahead and try it she's so easy to talk to such a gentle spirit please contact her if you think that you need some help in that mindset area and you need some guidance with your kids she's worked in so many different facets that it's just not adoptees that Parents have these problems with. So, if you are struggling, make it your New Year's resolution to have a better relationship with your child. If you're interested, again, Angie's information is in the show notes. If you know of a parent that needs to hear this message today, feel free to share the interview. If you are enjoying this podcast, please do me a favor of liking, sharing, and reviewing the podcast. You can also subscribe. It's free to do that. You guys did a great job last year of rating and reviewing. So this year, my goal is to get more subscribers. So if you are a regular listener, just hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified of any new released episodes. As always, take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. I'll see you next time. Oh my gosh, Tomlin. Are you serious? (sighs) This is what I put up with, guys.